Yes, full shelves, and welcome back to another edition of our podcast. And no Laura today, but she's with us in spirit as always, but I know she's also having a really good time um, apparently riding a miniature train through a miniature town somewhere in Colorado. I am not making this up. So I hope you enjoy our guests, and let's get this show on the road. Today we have um, three really interesting guests to talk about the subject of new adult fiction, what that is, um, where it's going, and this is actually a follow-up to a podcast that Laura and I had done um, a couple of months ago, which was discussing new adult from the reader perspective. Um, So we have three folks. We have Susie Townsend who is a literary agent with New Leaf Literary, and two of her authors, Cora Carmack and Lisa Durache. And I will turn it over to you guys to introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about what you are um, working on and what you're going to be bringing to this conversation. Susie? Um, hi, guys. So I... I'm an agent at New Leaf Literary and Media. I represent fiction, everything from, you know, picture books and children's books to YA and adult. And basically, I guess for the past six months, I've also been representing new adult. Um, And Cora Carmack was the first uh, new adult author who I signed. And ever since reading Losing It, I have been a huge fan of new adult. And so I was really excited when when Lisa also said that she had a new adult book. And so I'm definitely, I've been really into it. I love the the characters and the stories and, of course, the romance. <laughs> Cora? Uh, hi, I'm Cora Carmack. Um, as Susie mentioned, I'm the author of Losing It. And um, my second book, Faking It, just came out at the beginning of this month. Um, so I write new adult fiction, obviously, <laughs> but, um, I, I really love new adults just because it was, college was such an amazing time in my life. Um, and I found it kind of terrible that there weren't enough books ab- out there about college and about, <laughs> um, sort of that experience and to, to document that, that time in life. And so, um, when I set out to write Losing It, that's really just what I did is I, I wanted a book out there that reminded me of college and what it was like to be in college, and I couldn't find one, so I wrote one for myself. And Lisa? Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Lisa DeRoche, and I um, wrote the upcoming A Little Too Far series um, that comes out, starts in September, so I'm really excited about that. It is new adult, obviously. I also have a few young adult titles out there, but... Um, and you're, would you like to mention those? Um, I, I wrote the Personal Demons trilogy through, um, her, uh, sorry, Tor Teen McMillan um, that uh, released between 2010 and last year. So that's out there. The whole trilogy is out there already. So it's a, a kind of a fun little romp in urban fantasy, but uh, a little too far as a whole kind of different animal. <laughs> it's, uh, it's contemporary romance, your kind of classic uh, new adult that's out there, but with a few interesting twists. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about having it out there in the world. And, you know, I, I've always wanted to write new adults. So I was really excited when I saw like Cora and all these brave people out there self-publishing. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I emailed Susie. Is it a thing now? Can I write it? <laughs> so, yeah, I've always really, um, those are the voices in my head. I've always wanted to write it. So I was just so excited to see that I finally could. So, yeah. 
Well, and I knew Lisa would be good at New Adult because her YA was such a sort of like very like steamy, swoon-worthy romance. And so as soon as she said, I think I'm going to write a New Adult or I'm working on one, I was like, oh, yes, I can see this. This could be good. (laughs) So one of the questions that we – and we've talked about it on the blog and Laura and I, like I mentioned, did a podcast a while back about talking about New Adult. And we were wrestling with this idea of – what is it? Which I know it sounds, it sounds like a silly question, but it seems like there are a lot of definitions getting thrown out there. And as, you know, the folks who, who write about books and, you know, in media and that sort of thing are are trying to get their heads around, I think there's a lot of stuff thrown around that maybe isn't quite accurate or is maybe even a little bit inflammatory. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, is it about the audience? Is it about the time in life? Um, is it just contemporary? You know, what... What are you guys feeling? How do you, as you know, as people in this world, define it? I know that's just a little question, right? <laughs> um, this is Cora. For for me, I think it's about both um, audience and just sort of that that time in life um, that's just a little bit past coming of age, or in in a lot of ways is still part of that. Um, but I think. In recent years, especially, life has begun to sort of stretch out. And when people used to, you know, go to work straight out of high school or right out of college, whereas now people go to college for a lot longer or they um, tack on internship after internship. <laughs> and there's this this time in life that used to just kind of get skipped over in books um, because it wasn't really seen as, um, you know, a, a something that we could market or something that people would necessarily want to read. It is stretched out to be, you know, multiple years long. And sometimes um, I think it's, it's definitely an important life stage all on its own. So for me, it's about new adults is about tackling that period in life and the issues that are unique to that period. But also um, it's about giving something to that audience of people that um, are in their twenties or um, just past that who um, are looking to read something about what they're experiencing in that moment or about what they have experienced or for people who are reading up what they're about to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to answer the question on, on genre, you know, to me, I feel like, it's as much a genre as YA is. And I know there was a time where YA wasn't considered a genre either. I mean, when Judy Bloom was writing way back a million years, well, no, sorry, Judy, you're not a million years old, but <laughs> way back when, when some of that literature first started popping up, it wasn't considered young adult. There really wasn't that label yet. And yet now it's grown into what I think everybody would pretty much consider its own genre. And I don't see any real difference with NA. And there's, I saw the um, Twitter angst when, um, Publishers Weekly, or no, Publishers Marketplace, excuse me, added the yes. um, new adult label, right? And, oh, well, this is not even a genre. It's just this thing, and it's just, you know, but it's just as much a genre as YA, and I don't see anybody disputing that that's a genre. There was um, kind of an internet freakout about that. There was. <laughs> there was, and I thought it was really interesting. I'm like, why? I mean, why? Why is this such a big deal? And there was a big because celebration on the NA side of things. There was. Yeah. Big victory for us. <laughs> yeah, so it was a really interesting interesting debate that kind of went on and I just didn't I didn't understand the angst behind it because in all honesty like I said you know you talk about writing for teens so you're writing about all of those coming of age self-discovery things okay well now you've come of age 
And so now you're a new adult, right? Newly adult. And now what? You know, what do I, what do I do? How do I figure out the rest of it now that I'm out here without the safety net of parents or, you know, school counselors or teachers or whatever else? I'm kind of out here on my own and now I'm left to figure out how to fend for myself and, and make a life for myself. And, and so that's, I think what Cora was saying is kind of where you pick up on these kind of more complex issues. Um, beyond the coming of age pieces that are still really self-discovery pieces. And, and so to me, like I said, new adult genre or not, it's just as much as any, you know, middle grade, young adult, whatever. I mean, you're writing for a particular age group, knowing that there's obviously crossover, mm-hmm. but it's just as much of a genre as the others. So, so you feel like it's really rooted in the audience and that, especially the, the young people who, there, it is different because I'm 35 and I think it's very different to be like, 22 now than it was only you know 12 years ago or what have you it's Mm -hmm. there's a the experiences are quite different because i do talk to the you know 20 yeah not to monopolize (laughs) not to monopolize the conversation but i actually just did a um a chat with um two editors over at um william morrow who are buying a lot of new adult now Mm -hmm. and tessa woodward over there she actually was talking about statistics and who's buying it. And it's a lot like um, young adult where actually it's not primarily young adults that are buying it. I mean, I will guarantee you that there were, you know, lots of 30, 40 and 50 year olds buying twilight. So, um, she actually said the largest demographic for buying new adult literature is actually that 30, I think it was like the 30 year old, 30 something to 30 something. So it's something. like a nostalgia yeah. thing almost. I think it yeah. is. I'll tell you that's why I write it too. You can tell my biggest, my biggest demographics, sort of judging by my Facebook page, which will tell you, you know, break yeah. up your likes yeah. into demographics. My b- biggest demographic is between 25 and 35. That's my largest. Mm-hmm. It's nearly 50% of my readers are just in that that That's one interesting. Range. That's really interesting. So it's not a, I want to read what I'm dealing with right now, but it's what I want recently dealt with sort of situation. Some of both, I think. There's definitely the younger readers as well. Yeah, there are. There's just a lot of crossover. Yeah, I just, I want to jump in and say that, like, I definitely agree with both uh, Cora and Lisa's definitions. And I think that, you know, I mean, I'm in my 30s now, and I want to say that when I was in my 20s, I don't know that I wanted to read about you know, other people who were fumbling through their 20s as much. I think that, you know, it's almost kind of like now that I'm out of that stage and my life feels a little more secure and less embarrassing and awkward, (laughs) you know, it's almost kind of like then it's a little, it's, it's fun and it, it is nostalgic to look back and read those stories and kind of be like, oh, I wish that, I had a hot professor or I wish that I had this horrid affair when I was in my 20s. I, I almost feel like it, my 20s, it might have been a little too depressing to read books like this and compare them. <laughs> because I would have been like, why hasn't this stuff happened to me? Um, but so I um, But so no, I, I think that um, I can definitely see why it's people in their 30s or why it's, you know, that's the demographic. So I don't know that it's it's necessarily the audience that's determining the genre, but I do think that um, that it's it's similar to YA in a respect that you know it's it's the age of the character and that it's what the protagonists and the characters are going through um, that represents a certain time in our lives now um, that you know wasn't always there, um, and I think that you know it's gotten a bad rap you know, from certain places, and it's been called, like, sexy YA yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that was, that was, I was going to ask you guys how, uh, what was your reaction as 
folks who are involved in new adult to, I mean, the New York Times, was it the New York Times or New York Post? One of them. And also the Sydney Morning Herald had labeled new adult as sort of this sexy, steamy YA thing. And I, I, I mean, I have my own thoughts on it, but I can't imagine like it's yeah, well, it was really strange for me being a part of that because I got mentioned in most of those articles. Losing right, it did. Right. <laughs> and, um, and it was this funny thing where, um, some people were really against it. And then some people would come to my book expecting it to be this really, really, really sexy thing, um, almost, you know, erotica. And then they would read it and they're like, hold on, there's not that much sex in here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and some people would be really mad about it. Like they were, they were upset. Um, but I think it's, it's one of those things people were just struggling to classify it and it got lumped in a lot with, uh, not necessarily always books that, um, are the same and that I would consider new adults, but other books that were successes at the time, especially books that were self-pub successes because everything that was really coming out of new adult at that time was self-pubbed first. And so a lot of times we got lumped into just self-pub success period. And a lot of those were erotica. Um, And so I think it was just one of those things, a case of people who didn't hadn't actually read the books and didn't actually know exactly what they were talking about, deciding to label something. Um, just and it's definitely it made things... sex or could be sex in it, right? That they just assumed oh, yeah. that was the draw, that that's what made it different, but it's not. It's you know, totally different. So Yeah, yeah I do think sure. that there was, I think, especially as some of the self-published success stories did incorporate characters who were in the sort of younger range, you know, in the early 20s age range. And I think they said, oh, self-published and younger characters. It's all new adults. <laughs> and yes. Then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I... <laughs> I've wondered that myself if that's the case. Not to say that, I mean, I do think sex is a part of these books because I think, mm-hmm. um, or at least, you know, most everyone's goal in literature is to um, reflect life to a certain extent um, and to be truthful and realistic to the human experience. And you would just be really, really wrong and off if you were to write about a character in their 20s and not have sex be something that's important, whether they're having it or not. Sex is a major part of your life in your 20s. Um, but I don't think that that's all these books are. I think it goes much deeper. And for me especially, um, you know, I, I don't particularly love writing sex scenes. I find them really hard to write. So when I write one, it has to have a purpose. It has to um, further the plot or further the character. Otherwise, it doesn't get written because <laughs> they're staring at the screen being like, what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I think it's it's – it's just one of those things that's been mislabeled and um, hopefully people will give it a chance anyway. So it's one of the things I've noticed is, and I, you know, as someone who writes a blog, I get a lot of emails and pitches and that sort of thing. And what I've noticed is a lot of folks getting in touch with me and, you know, pitching one in reviews. And um, I've noticed a lot of various genres, you know, historical, paranormal, what have you, um, getting suddenly pitched as new adult. And I had, you know, because I, I kind of Google things and people ask me, and oftentimes when the original um, blurb came out, it wasn't pitched in that way. But it, they do happen to contain characters in that sort of 18 to 24-ish, you know, that, that new adult age range. And it always kind of makes me raise my eyebrows, you know, is it just the age range or is, what are the other criteria that make it new adult? And I, I it's... It's an interesting yeah. – because yeah, I feel I think, like for what I've encountered, yeah. there's there's a quality, 
but it's something that I have a hard time labeling. Right. And I think it does have to do a lot with what Cor was saying is that, you know, there's the, the issues that you're dealing with at that point in your life. And I think any subgenre within um, NA that deals with those issues in addition to whatever else is happening in their world at the time, I think you could classify as NA. I know um, our publisher, William Morrow, just released a dystopian that they marketed in with the rest of their NA titles. Um, so... I see that, that, I mean, in my opinion, anyways, there is room, I think, for, you know, that subgenre. Just, again, just as in YA, it started out as more contemporary, the Judy Bloom stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of branched into Ender's Game, and which isn't really YA, but, you know, something slightly less than that. And um, other books that started coming out in these more subgenres in that YA, kind of under the YA umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I, I would expect that the same thing would probably happen in NA. And I don't see a reason why it shouldn't. Yeah, I, um, I think that we're, uh, this is Susie, I think that we're at sort of a, uh, a, an interesting and possibly like pivotal moment in terms of new adult, um, and in terms of what is, is coming out and what the genre is gonna do. I think that right now it's, it's very clear that what has been the most popular is the contemporary, uh, stories, the ones that are grounded in, in reality. Um, but I think there is certainly there's certainly a market for other things. There have been other books that have come out that have been marketed as just, you know, urban fantasy or just science fiction or, you know, any kind of different genre that, you know, maybe if they came out now, they would have been labeled new adult or they would have been, you know, they're books that fell into that sort of crossover audience that that, you know, had younger characters and had characters sort of figuring out what, where their place in the adult world was. So I think there, there are certainly, there's certainly room to grow. I think that a lot will depend on how some of these books do in terms of, you know, the, whether it's the dystopian that just came out from Harper, um, or, you know, other books that are self-published, or I know, uh, Sarah J. Moss is doing a new adult fantasy series right. with Bloomsbury. So, I mean, I think when, as these books come out and as we see what happens with them in terms of like sales, um, I think that will just sort of determine a lot where this new adult thing is going to go. You know, is it really going to expand and sort of take off the way that YA has? Um, or, is it going to be something where it really is the contemporary stuff that's the most successful? Um, so I think we're, we're in that little bit of a wait and see period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this isn't, so I'm, I'm going to be like a jerk and kind of slightly go off the, uh, my our little, our little list of topics, but it had popped into my head when you were talking and all of the, the books that I've come across that have been, you know, pitched to me as new adult or in my own research, because I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with this topic because I think it's really, I love watching things, um, sort of emerge and take on a life. It's really fascinating. And, um, I think most, if not all that I can think of are written in the first person point of view. And I think it's interesting to watch that because, you know, especially with the contemporary romance, which has always been in the sort of third person, da 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 And now it's, it's, I always wonder what, every time I come across a new adult project, I wonder what influence, like, is that part of why it's so attractive to people? Is that first person point of view? Whether it's dual back and forth or if it's just a singular point of view. Just one of my questions I've had kicking around in my head. <laughs> 
I know. In, in general, first person is really popular right now yeah. in a lot of genres. I mean, it's it huge is. in YA right now. And so I think, um, I think that that could be part of it. Um, I personally am working on a third person one, which, you know, it's going to be, it's far in the future. It's just me dabbling, but, um, I hope that it will still, um, people will still see that same appeal even without first person. Yeah. Um, I'm just, but, I'm just so curious. I keep, I keep mentioning this to people cause I'm so curious if this has anything to do with it or it's just like my little brain thing that I'm like stuck on. <laughs> so. Um, I have, I have kind of a... I'm not sure if it's a very popular opinion, but my opinion on the whole, like, first-person point of view is that I think a lot of times first-person, it's when you're writing in first-person, it's easier to write good characters in first-person than it is in any other kind of point of view. Um, I mean, I'd say third-person would be next, and then second-person if you're only really brave. (laughs) (laughs) I dare you. I think that a lot of people, um, when they're writing, you know, if you're get just getting to know your characters or, um, you know, if it's your first book or, you know, whatever it is, first person can sometimes be easier to really get that story out. Um, and so I think we see sometimes less published books in third person point of view because, it's harder to get those characters to come across. So people might abandon those books or they might decide like, okay, now I'm going to write another book that's like going to be better or what it is, whatever it is. And I think the ones that we see in third person that do really well, um, just kind of go to show like, okay, that's, this person is really good at character. I mean, you look at the Cassie Clare books. Um, yeah. and I remember when I first started reading them, I had read a lot of, uh, YA that was all first person. And I want to say that it was like when I first opened, um, the first mortal instruments book, I was kind of like, Oh, it's third person. I don't, I don't think I really like that. And then I was, as I was reading it, I got like a few pages in and I was like, no, I like it just fine. I just obviously like her. I like Cassie Clare's (laughs) writing. So of course I like these books. The third person doesn't bother me at all. Um, but so I think sometimes that's why we see more first person than anything else. Interesting. Well, I think, too, um, Susie, one thing that I know that you really love in New Adult and I love in New Adult, too, is voice. And voice is so much Mm -hmm. easier to to handle in first person because you just get to tap in directly to their thoughts. um, And it's a lot easier just to get that across. And I think that that's one of the big things when we talk about what that feel is that new adult has that's kind of hard to describe and why some stuff really works and some stuff feels just like, like it's been repurposed and had a new name slapped on it. Um, is I think new adult has a very particular voice and it's authentic to, you know, the 20 something year old people who are living right now. Um, and they have their own concerns, their own, I guess, kind of language in a way they talk in a certain way. Well, I think and, that's really true. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, I think that ties into the first person, but I think that also just ties into to what makes a new adult book new adult and what makes them successful is the ones that have a strong voice. So the other, I, I actually had a really good time putting together um, <laughs> the topics for this podcast because I basically got to go through and say, okay, what are all the snotty things people have said about new adult? <laughs> And like, you know, because I think these are things that like, there's a lot of stuff is perception. And I think that's, um, you know, perception and reality are oftentimes not particularly closely related. And sometimes they are. Um, And but one of the things that I did think is interesting is a number of people pointed out that, you know, 
new adult has really grown out of, you know, the digital self-publishing. That was when it first started to get some traction with, you know, some of the popular titles. And, um, you know, some folks have argued that it's only an internet-only phenomenon. I have my own opinions about that. Um, and that it's, you know, we're not going to see new adult become part of, like, libraries and bookstores and, you know, that it's going to be hard for them to market these things and to create displays and all of that. I'd, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on on that argument. Well, I think it's happening. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, my book is in bookstores and it's mm-hmm. selling well enough that we are, you know, been to reprint a couple times, which is great. Um, and I think it's what it is, is that people were, were judging it and saying it was internet only before we really had a chance to get it into bookstores. Before it was on it paper. Takes time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, my... Um, I, I love Harper. They, they got my book out in print so very quickly. Um, they picked it up uh, right at the beginning of December, and it was out in print at the end of February, which is incredibly fast. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember of, seeing it on shelves really yeah, quickly. Well, <laughs> well, it was really originally supposed to be out at the end of May, and then they bumped it up a couple months. Um, but almost everyone I know that has gone this sort of self-publishing route first and then gotten picked up, it's taking publishers, you know, on a fast side, like five to six months to get their book Mm -hmm. in stores. And so it's a little unfair to (laughs) people right now to say that, um, that it's not going to last in print because so many of the popular new adult titles that sort of heralded the genre aren't in print yet, but they will be very shortly. A lot of them are coming out this fall and, you know, September, October, November. It's just again, like Susie said earlier, we're just gonna have to to wait, mm-hmm. um, and there will come a point where there will be so many new adult books in print that um, stores will be ha- they'll have to make a choice. I actually of- saw a new adult display at the Target near my house a few weeks back. Yep, mm-hmm. and I and I just almost fell over. I was like, "Wow, I did not expect to see that on an ink cap in Target." <laughs> you know, of all the places. <laughs> so if it's in a Target, I wonder. You know. If they're if they know something that some of the folks who are thinking it's just an internet only thing might not know, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Target is pretty mainstream. <laughs> yeah, well, also, well, they're also a really data driven company, so you yeah. know they they know what people they don't put something on an in cap unless they know people are going to be picking it up. <laughs> so you know that's that's kind of primo space, but. Um, and Definitely, I get- like, the first big, I mean, besides, obviously, Barnes & Noble, which even Barnes & Noble, on a wide scale, hasn't done a new adult display or I, anything. Yeah. Some of the, some stores sort of take it upon themselves to do it, but... um but yeah, Target's definitely the first one who's kind of making a big stand about it. And I don't—I haven't actually seen them label it new adult anywhere. Most of them, um, the ones I've seen, call us emerging authors. Mm. Um, and so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens when our books have been out like six months and they can't quite call us emerging authors anymore. <laughs> I don't know what they'll do then if they'll just have to suck it up and put a label on it. But, um, but for now I'm really happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, one of the questions that actually I threw this out, this question out to um, the folks on Twitter. So do you, you guys have any questions about, you know, new adult and, um, Joe, who writes a wonderful blog called Wear the Old Coat, um, she she's a book reviewer and just an all around interesting person, and she's also a writer herself. And she she had said, "Well, I think I might have accidentally written a new adult novel," 
<laughs> so, you know, is, you know, but she, what she was wondering is, is the, is the market for new adult as booming as sort of those of us who are like, pay attention to these things as, you know, we perceive it to be, or is it, you know, still kind of bubbling on the surface? Do people even really, you know, in the, within the insiders have an idea of what it is and if it's marketable and sellable and all that sort of thing. She wanted to know, you know, is it, is it a thing yet? Like, is this, is it okay if I accidentally wrote a new adult novel? (laughs) Um, I think it's, I think it's definitely a thing. I think it's fine. I, you know, I think there are plenty of people out there based on the queries that I'm getting that have either accidentally or on purpose written a new adult novel. Um, So, you know, I, I think it's definitely a thing. I think there are still, there are still some people out there that might be a little resistant to it or that might not really know what to do with it within the industry. But, um, but I would say that even just in the last six months, a lot of things had changed. Um, when I, when I pitched losing it to editors, um, which was, you know, last fall, uh, right after it had been self-published, I, out of most of the editors I went to were like, yes, new adult. I'm really excited. I did have one publishing house that was like, oh, we don't really believe in that. And I was kind of like, all right, no problem. (laughs) You're crazy, but whatever. And, um, and you know, now it's several months have passed and I know that they recently bought a new adult title. So clearly they've changed their minds. And that's Uh such a short period of time. And it has, it has been a short period of time. And I think it just kind of, you know, the digital, um, the digital age of publishing has, has really changed the time frame, and, and, you know, publishers have to kind of, you know, amend their viewpoints really quickly. Um, and so I think we've definitely seen that, you know, with the new adult, uh, sort of, I guess, rise. Because the truth is, if publishers didn't start, you know, picking it up and moving a little quicker, then we would have just kept going like we were going in terms of self-publishing. Um, and even so now, I mean, the large majority of, of new adult that you see is still self-published. Um, and there's a, a really interesting, being on the, the traditional side of things now, it's it's this really interesting thing that we're having to cope with because self-publishers can put out books much more quickly and for less money. Um, and so figuring out a way how traditional fits into that world, um, it's still, it's still something we're figuring out and it's still changing. Like every day, um, we're, we're changing and deciding new things. Um, and, and that's the really exciting thing about being part of this genre is that it is, it is so new and it is so, um, driven by change and by like what the readers want and what um, even writers are willing to do in terms of self-publishing that um, that everything is happening so quickly by enlightening terms, especially when you consider how slowly publishing moves normally. And uh, yeah, it, it may, maybe that's part of why it's sort of jarring to folks who've been around the block for a while is that they're used to, you know, trends sort of, you know, that sort of slow upward trajectory. And this was sort of a boom this is a yeah. thing in a very short period of time that's still, it's like, wow, that's, it's kind of surprising that things yeah. can change that quickly. At the same time, I mean, it certainly, um, you know, it feels, it did certainly to me feel a little bit like new adult became a thing overnight. Um, I want to say that it was like a few weeks 
before I read losing it, I was on Twitter being like, this isn't a thing. Like, just I relax. saw your Tumblr post about that. <laughs> and, and then I was kind of like, oh, never mind. I just read this book and changed my mind. And I mean, even then when, um, even between the time in which I pitched losing it to publishers and then Lisa's novel a little too far, um, you know, at the, at the time I pitched a little too far, most people were really only looking at new adult novels that had been self-published. Um, and so, you know, Lisa and I had that conversation of like, should we self-publish first? Should we try to sell this to traditional publishers first? What should we do? Um, and so I, I, told, I, think her, I that, told her I was too scared to self-publish. That was as brave as Cora. So. That is a brave thing. <laughs> Well, and I, I mean, I, I think we made an, a good decision on it. I, you know, when, when I pitched it to people, a lot of editors were really excited of kind of like, oh, this hasn't been published yet. Um, and I think that the, a lot of editors that, especially editors that are looking for new adult are excited about the possibilities. Um, and they're excited about the way the industry is changing. Um, and so I think that there's, you know, it's certainly, you can look at the industry and be like, ah, things are changing and how does self-publishing fit in with everything else? And what is this new thing called new adult? Um, but I think that the right attitude to take with the industry is kind of like, you know, there's a lot more opportunities and all of these changes allow us to do things that we might not have done before and, and reach readers and encourage people to read more books. Um, so I think that all of these things are good things. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring everything out and figuring out where we go from here. Figuring out where we go from here sort of leads into, you know, my next my next question, which is, you know, that sort of like obnoxious crystal ball question is, you know, do y'all have any thoughts about where you think it's, you know, it's, it's still a relatively new thing, but where, what we can kind of imagine the trajectory for new adults um, will be down the line. Is it, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't even have I don't even have a guess. Um, you know, I know it's just seeing. Um, you know, as I mentioned, seeing you know more genre oriented new adult titles starting to pop up and that sort of thing. So I I do you know I have my own ideas, but I'm not even sure they're quite clear. But I bet you all have some uh, some thoughts on that. I think we all have hopes of where we <laughs> hopes. the genre to go. Um, I mean, I would definitely love to see it, it branch out into other subgenres um, because I think that that will be one of the things, like Susie was saying earlier, that we're at sort of this really crucial point in New Adult. Um, I think that in many ways, whether or not it does branch out beyond contemporary romance could be a factor in whether it stays around or not. I mean, I hope it stays around and I hope it has – um, you know, that's staying power. But I think a lot of that will depend on whether or not it can differentiate and become something um, more than what it is right now, which is a very focused, um, very um, specific genre where a lot of the same tropes keep happening again and again. Um, I think if it can expand outwards, that it will, um, you know, last longer. Um, but I think, too, I think we're going to start to see that really quickly. I think um, – we'll be able to answer this question better in even just two or three months when the first books like Lisa's book that were picked up non self published first start to come out. I think that that's going to be, um, 
a really telling moment when we see how those books do. And then also, you know, in a couple months is when a lot of those early uh, self-published books that got picked up are going to start hitting the bookstores in print mm-hmm. in large quantities, as opposed to right now, there's just like four or five, six yeah, books like that are... Yeah, there's just a few of us now that are already in bookstores, but come October, November, um, there's going to be an explosion of, of new adult books that have been picked up and that are all coming out in print around within a couple of months. And I think then in the fall is when we're really going to see sort of what new adult is really made of and how it's going to stand on its own two feet, which it will hopefully. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with Cora on that. Um, I think that... And I can't remember the pen name that she's writing under, but Andrea Kramer has that um, that sort of erotica uh, paranormal that's set in the nightshade Mm -hmm. world. Um, And I was I was actually on a panel with her and her editor and a couple other people um, where we talked about new adult to publishing publishing professionals. And I know I think that her editor and and Penguin is marketing that a little bit as a sort of a new adult paranormal. Um, And so I think, you know, the more the more we see of books that are coming out in different subgenres, the more we'll be able to gauge how. I guess how far and wide new adult is going to go. Um, I like what Cora said. I am very hopeful to see what happens. Um, I think that what we've seen in the past, you know, with all trends, whether it was like chiclet 12 years ago, or even like the paranormal explosion of YA after yeah. twilight is that, um, the more books that come out, um, and the more crowded the market gets, the less room there is for other things. Um, and I think that if anything, you get that kind of like, you know, you get the books that are really good and then you also get some books that aren't and that, you know, maybe it's more that it's, this is a trend. And so someone bought this or, you know, whatever it is. And, and I think that, that sometimes when the market gets really crowded and it's harder to sift through books and find the really good ones, then that can sometimes actually hurt the genre. I mean, right now, if you try to pitch a chiclet novel to, to editors, the, you know, the common phrase that I've been hearing for a couple of years is, Oh, I'm sorry. Chiclet is dead. (laughs) Um, And I know that that's changed a little bit, you know, and people have said like, Oh, well, new adult is sort of like the new chiclet, which again, I, I think that's underestimating new adult a little bit, but, um, but I know that, you know, even in YA, it's really hard to pitch a paranormal novel or a dystopia novel because there were so many of them that were bought. Um, so I'm interested to see with what, what happens with New Adult and how it expands. And I really hope that it expands to other subgenres so that we're not getting a lot of just kind of like the same contemporary romance story over and over again, because I think that will hurt the genre more than anything. Agreed. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to talk too much. <laughs> no, it's <was> great. <laughs> um, so I didn't have this on our on our list, but I, I sure would love to know what new adult reads you guys recommend. Not to put you on the spot. For anyone who's looking. <laughs> I know, I know. For anyone, because... You know, well, I'm really like, excited about Lisa's. I haven't read it yet, I, but it sounds awesome. Because we do, I have to say, we have quite a few new adult cynics who are act, very active commenters on our blog. And so, <laughs> just warning okay. you. So. Well, I was totally a cynic 
I'm not lying at all. I promise. (laughs) I'm not just saying this. I was a huge cynic. Um, And then I read Losing It and was like, never mind. I'm not a cynic anymore. So obviously I would recommend Losing It um, and Faking It, which just came out and I think is even better. And I just finished Um, reading it, actually. Oh. (laughs) I'm actually Um, really glad that I – because I always, I kind of known for a long time that I would love to work with Susie. She was on my list of dream agents. And so when I self-published losing it, I actually started getting agents and publishers emailing me just like two or three days after the book went live. Um, and so I really quickly queried like two or three agents myself just to make sure I was not only getting the agents who talked to me, but also making sure I had... Um, you know, really gotten an agent that I wanted for sure. And I might not have, don't, don't listen, Susie. Um, I might not have really done as much research on recent Susie blog posts as I should have because I had known forever that I wanted to work with her. And so I was like, oh, Susie, I'm going to shoot her a query really fast. Um, and so I didn't actually look at her blog until, I kid you not, 20 minutes after I queried her. And then I saw her talking about new adults and how it wasn't a thing. And I was like, Oh, crap. That's kind of like an awkward new adult moment, though. (laughs) Well, I'm really glad that you didn't look at my blog post. And I'm really glad that you queried me because I have not been one of those people that, like, keeps an eye on self-published things on Amazon. So I was like, yes, I will definitely take a look at this. And then, like, within the first couple chapters, I was like, oh, man, I'm totally going to have to get on the Internet and be like, remember all those things I said? I lied. Um, but anyway, I, after looking at, don't listen, don't do what I did. (laughs) I've been reading a lot of new adult ever since then. Um, and I have to say, you know, obviously some of my favorites are the ones written by my clients. Um, but I'm really excited, uh, for Lisa's, I actually just, uh, I know she's doing her revisions or she just finished her revisions on her second novel, um, which is also really good. So, um, too. And it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I have a, I have a client who also just self published, um, a new adult novel that came out today. Um, and it's called addicted to you by Kalina Brennan. Um, and that one, is third person of all things and it's um it's fun and sexy and the guy is scottish uh and mm. so i yeah <laughs> sorry i, I envisioned james mcavoy while reading so that was it was a good read yeah i already bought that one i just had to find time to read it <laughs> um, i know i buy a lot and then i'm like shit when am i gonna read these things <laughs> Um, I highly recommend um, Easy by Tamara Weber, uh, Wait right For now. You. I really yeah. liked that as well. Uh, Wait For You by Jay Lynn or Jennifer L. Armentrout. Uh, Ten Tiny Breaths by Kay Tucker is another favorite of mine. Um, and I actually just recently read another one by Jay Lynn that comes out um, in July, an ebook I believe, called Frigid, um, that is a little bit different than, than Wait For You, her first one, but I, I really, really enjoyed it as well, too. So, so this is actually one more not on the list questions. Uh, Lisa, I went to the event at Powell's. Oh, yay. And, <laughs> yeah. I remember you. <laughs> and, and, and I just want to make sure I didn't hallucinate this, that you wrote your new adult book in 13 days. 
Yeah. So <laughs> are you actually a crazy person? Or? Yeah. Yes. She writes really fast. Because that is, that is, I think I was so blown away by that. I have very little memory of anything else <laughs> from that wonderful event. <laughs> Yeah, I did. No, you know what? Sometimes and that's what happens to me. And I, I actually, to me, it's kind of a benchmark um, of how much a book is speaking to me, how fast I can get it down. And if it's a book that writes itself like that, then I know it's the book that I was really supposed to write. And if I'm struggling with it or, I, you know, there's pieces of it that just aren't coming together to me and I'm really having to work to piece it together, then I'm like, no, okay, this one isn't working so much. So um, 13 days is about the fastest I've ever written anything. Um, but three weeks is probably my average. Like the second book is actually significantly longer, and I wrote that one in three weeks. Um, and I just got the okay on the outline for book three, so I'm hoping I'll have that done in another three weeks. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> But, um, but, you know, Cora knows, you know, you get on these deadline schedules and then it's like, you know, then all of a sudden the pressure's on and then I'm always afraid that I'm not going to be able to write a book in three weeks. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of a scary thing, but no, um, like my, even my YAs, um, uh, Personal Demons was the third book I ever wrote, and that one it took me about six weeks. And that was because, at least with these, I have a little bit of a feel for where they're going, and that obviously helps the story as far as just keeping it moving and knowing where it's going. You can kind of just keep writing. And I don't write chronologically. I just kind of write the scenes that are speaking to me, so I generally don't get stuck, because if I'm stuck on something, I just go to something else. But um, it, but with those books, I had no idea where they were going and they took me like six weeks to write because I did kind of get to it. Okay. What's supposed to happen now? You know, and I kind of have to wait for whatever it was to pop into my head. But if I kind of have a sense of where a book's going, yeah, I can get it done pretty fast. So, so so we are about wrapped up, but I, if you guys have any additional thoughts or comments or anything you'd like to share before we uh, close out this uh, edition of the podcast, I'd love to hear it. Anyone? You guys are not the quiet types. Uh, Okay, well, I will go ahead and say that losing it and faking it are both on sale right now. So anyone who has not not bought them should because you'll get a discount. And um, A Little Too Far is available for pre-order. And I promise that there are some really, really good scenes in that book. I read it. I read it for the second time on an airplane and I was like sort of like that I had some moments where I was like oh my god I'm gonna be like a crying mess on this airplane um <laughs> who hasn't and, just like started crying about a book on an airplane yeah I mean. oh, it was good <laughs> um one other thing there is actually on the blog in a alley mm-hmm. there is a big event going on right now called the new adult crush tournament and it's sort of like March Madness but with fictional boys and um it's a lot of fun and it actually just opened today um but it's um got i think there's 20 characters that made it into the tournament and um, if you're new to new adults and you're looking for sort of an introduction into the genre i would highly suggest just adopting um the list of nominated characters as your reading list um because it's a fantastic list of 20 books so all right, Thanks guys. For listening to the Clear Eyes <laughs> Anything else? Sure you want to add? Our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all Yay, that. Yay, new adults. Okay. <laughs> That's a good ending. Or on Twitter, at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes, Full Shelves, Can't Lose. <laughs>